The Sportzilla Show starts now. You want me to run down to the store and buy Mrs. Pop something she doesn't need? Then you want me to run back here so you can say, I SpongeBob, and you're spending all me money. And then I'll say, but Mr. Krabs, I'm only doing what you said. F is for friends who do stuff together. U is for you and me. N is for anywhere and anytime at all. Down here in the deep blue sea. This Christmas feels like the very first Christmas to me. I have a confession to make. Hey, your ball. Oh, your highness, I'm sure it's not that noticeable. Bald, The Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Up, oh, We're dropping the load. I am bald. I am bald. Scoop, you are not bald. Scoop, how are you today? Excellent. Now that we know SpongeBob is going to light the tree in Clinton Square, baby. That's the greatest thing I heard today. I agree with you. You said the same thing to me. You're like, this is, this is the most important thing that we could possibly talk about on the radio today. Tom Kenny, originally Syracuse. Voice of SpongeBob. Going to be there to participate. Fantastic news, don't you think? Yeah, 42-foot-tall tree, lighting ceremony, November 29th. SpongeBob, the master of ceremonies. I'm looking forward to it, to be honest with you. Is he going to be in some weird SpongeBob costume? Probably not. You know, yeah. that would, I mean, it would be cool. I mean, maybe they have some, you know, maybe uh, Jordan from our, from our office will be uh, dressed up as SpongeBob. We we reference the owner of the company as Mr. Krabs, at least over on the other station. And, I mean, I could see him in a costume. Pearl is, of course, his daughter. We get her. No, she's not going to do that. I mean, we could get Sandy Cheeks. We could get Patrick Starr. we got to have Squidward, right? Who'd be Squidward? Joe Selzone. Joe yes. Selzone. That's not an insult. Yes. Joe Selzone would be I'm, I am Squidward. Yes, it, that's perfect casting. We could. I'm working on this. I'm working hard on this. Glue guy, Matt. What's up, buddy? Do you get paid for that? What? Do you get paid for that? For for, for ra- doing all this casting stuff? For the casting? I don't think being a casting agent is part of radio. I think that's a side thing. I'm just doing that of my own free will because I would love to see all of that come to fruition. Saw a win come to fruition for Syracuse basketball, though. So we get started on that. Cuse beat Colgate as expected. It's been like it's like a hundred year winning streak at this point. All those jokes are out there. Uh, Colgate knows they're not going to win this game when they come in here. It was closer than you thought. They actually are a decent team. They're an NCAA team. We heard Jim Beheim reference that with us on Tuesday, Scoop. Well, you know, and Brent Axe had a piece where he talked about, hey, you know, this team could beat the Orange. And even Coach Beheim alluded to the fact it's the best Colgate team the Orange have faced in some time. So it was uh, stand and clap for the first six missed attempts, and then finally things got going. Aye, aye, aye. That's a lot of patty cake, patty cake. Yeah, Bakers, man, make me a basket as fast as you can. Please. 70 to 54 was eventually the final score. It was like 7 to 1 at one point. Yeah. And then I started to do dishes because I'm like, I can't watch this anymore. I eventually came back to it, and Syracuse was up like 15 to 14, and they never looked back. There you go. And then they put them away. So what happened? Jalen Carey lost the starting point guard position, and the biggest news from this game to me was Joe Girard out of Adirondack, a very tiny little school. But this kid won state championships in football. He won them in basketball. He's a natural point guard, and he's going to get a chance against Seattle. He just he looks smooth out there. 
I, I had said to you, Scoop, earlier that that one three that he hit that was had to be four or five feet behind the line. It was it was beyond pure. It wasn't even a swish. Like I've even brought for for reference a, a sound. It was cleaner than that. It was just such a pure shot. He's just he can shoot the ball and. It's something that the team clearly, obviously needs, and that's the way the game's going. Everybody's discussed. Do you remember this. Uh, Jimmer Fredette? What they that? called a Jimmer Range. Is it was a Jimmer Range? Jimmer Range. Well, he, he was maybe I don't know if he was Steph Curry Range, but it was a pretty impressive shot, and he's he's naturally comfortable playing the position. So, listen, if he plays defense and he can distribute the ball and he can hit the three, boy, you found yourself a gem as a freshman. You got four years of this, hopefully. Well, and he alluded to the fact that in basketball. His shooting prowess would draw guys to him, and then his teammates were open, and he can distribute the ball, and it just looked so smooth. Did he, he didn't go nuts with the scoring, but you know we had uh, Buddy Beheim to get seventeen and lead the Orange uh, with points there, but uh, he did all right. He did a, a good job running the team, and I think the best is yet to come. There's expectations for Elijah Hughes to be the team leader in scoring. And then you got an unbelievable contribution for Barama Sidibe, 100% from the field, 6 out of 6 of 14 rebounds. Their field goal percentage is a team, 51%. Listen, when you're shooting He was like, just towering over people. Yeah. It was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, obviously, when you get into the ACC schedule, they have a smaller team. He's not necessarily going to dominate like that per se. But if you get some of that on a regular basis... That, that bodes well. You know, Marek Dolajai is going to hop into the middle from time to time. Beheim will find a way to make this work. And going back to Gerard, too, he was stellar on defense last night. He was. He, he He's just, the, the kid is a good basketball player. He's not that tall. About no. 6'1", but the basketball IQ is obviously there. He knows how to play this game. And so far, he's doing the right things to impress Jim Beheim to give him this opportunity that speaks louder than anything. It's not necessarily even Jim's words. I think sometimes it's his actions because you know how he is. You hear the interviews all the time. He's he's going to say what he's going to say, but then he's going to coach his team, and that's where he's focused Well, I on. think the zone defense was giving Colgate a very hard time last night. I was telling Scoop earlier that Gerard, it seemed like they kept trying to do these low bounce passes to each other. And Gerard was just picking it off. Why didn't they just give him man? Why didn't just go to man to man? Just do that and not use that two three zone that confounds. Go ahead and ask uh, Jim Beheim that confounds everybody. The two three zone is working for Jim. That's the type of players he recruits. We're going to have to live with that. He's the coach right now, and I'm perfectly fine with that. However, other news from last night's game: John Bull a jock. John Bull a jock. We got that right. John Bull a jock. I'm always worried about my pronunciations, but yeah, he's red shirting. It kind of makes sense. And, and he said, you know, Coach came talk to him, basically agreed this is the right thing to do. He can focus on school. He can get bigger, better, stronger, work on his skill set. And and then it gives him an extra year because clearly Sidibe is the man in the middle right now, and he's going to get the bulk of the minutes. By the way, the Orange had a 34-8 to advantage in points in the paint last night. And I think it was telling as well, coach post game saying these guys want to play. Then they get in there and they don't play. And he talked about this six minute stretch where nobody knew what they were doing on defense. And so you worry what's going on with Jalen Carey, you know, like, why is, he, 
People are wondering, will he transfer? How is he going to handle this? Why did Joe Girard get named point guard? What did you think about Jalen Carey? A very curt, short, quick, concise. His actions spoke for him. Uh, did you see the game? <laughs> it pretty much sums it up. I, I love that response. Is that, this a very <laughs> Bayheim response, isn't it? it? It's a Belichickian response. Would you ever ask Bayheim a question in post game ever again if he gave you that answer? Uh, well, it depends. Is it my job? I mean, I don't know. I think so. I think he's kind of funny when he's like that. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It cracks me up, actually. It does. It makes me. I, you know, and like if I was in that situation post game, you know, I would I'm probably nervous laughter, you know, like <laughs> because I'm talking, you know, you're in person with the guy. You Have know? you ever had somebody tell you, if you if you say that again or you do that again, I'm going to punch you in the nose. So yes. then what if you do? You do it again, and then when they punch you in the nose, are you surprised? Like, you know there are certain things that you ask Jim, especially if you cover him regularly, that he's going to give you a certain response. And you know what that response is, but you almost you have to ask the question, and you know you have to ask the question, and yes, you know what's going to happen. Well, he was certainly ready to make a determination about the team's direction with regards to Joe Girard, but when asked about Jalen Carey... He said, did you see the game? Did you see the game? I think we saw the game. Buddy Bayheim, though, um, isn't quite as, well, he's a little bit softer in his answers, I suppose. The other Bayheim did answer Joe Girard. What do you give the team? Is there a spark there? Joe just, just comes and competes. Uh, he's played really well. I mean, he's really set, set the tempo in the second half. He was pushing the ball well and making shots. So uh, I think that he really brings that spark for us, and he's a really competitive guy. What changes within the offense when Gerard is on the court, according to Buddy Beheim? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, whenever you have guys like that out there that can space the court, and Elijah's one of the best best players all around in the country, so you got him attacking guys and kicking it out to me and Joe, and, and Joe's getting really smart at making plays for other guys, and, you know, it's just it's really fun playing with guys like that, and uh, I think we're, we're only going to get better from, from here. I think there's nothing else to do with all of these games left to play. We've only played two. You're going to get better. The goal is we know this because that's one of those things you asked Jim about. He's focused on being better and peaking for the tournament at the end of the season. That's when you want to play your best basketball scoop, obviously. And we heard about the growth curve again from Coach Beheim last night, about how it's going to take 10, 12, I think he said maybe 15 games for these guys to get there, you know, and uh, that's what we see. We see these guys growing into their roles, getting better, learning more, doing more. Obviously, that, that we want to see more from Joe Girard. Well, it's you know, as far as Jalen Carey, for example, on the flip side of this point guard uh, dilemma that we have, not dilemma, but the naming of the new point guard, with a quick answer, did you see the game? Also, I, I guess it's it's not what he said, it's what he didn't say. But he also did comment on everybody on the bench. So I suppose this is not just a Jalen Carey thing. We played pretty good defense the last six minutes. I wanted to try some guys, and they didn't have any idea of what they were doing defensively, and we just gave up open looks. And I think they had 34 points with six minutes to go, and they got 20 in the last uh, six minutes because these guys want to play, and then they get in and they don't play. So, you know, you have to produce. You have to play defense in that situation. They actually moved the ball and made some good plays on offense 
fortunately, it would have probably been about an eight-point game. There you go. We can see what Joe Girard will do against Seattle on Saturday. That's a very motivating statement, by the way. I think so. You have no idea what you're doing out there. Figure it out. I'm going to prove you wrong. Well, you would hope that that's the reaction to that. That's why Jim is the way he is. He he knows who and what he's dealing with, and if he doesn't think a certain player can get it, then he understands that there's a backup plan. Well, a basketball game is only so long, and if you're out there and you're not scoring, you've got to play defense. And if you're not going to play defense, then you are not going to be out there. That's correct. It's pretty simple math. Yeah, I think uh, he's kind of delivering a message. Tell James Harden that. Sometimes it's not what you say, it's or it's not necessarily what you say, it's what you don't say, and then you got to read between the lines. James Harden's putting down 40, so, you know. 40-something. We, we forget about it. You know, everybody conveniently forgets about him not playing defense when he's dropping 40. He doesn't play defense. We're gonna do we're gonna do some NBA discussion at about three uh, thirty ish forty seven and seven uh, was it last night against the Clippers? We'll break that down a little bit further. But up next, Major League Baseball gave out the Cy Young Awards. We'll talk about it on the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio ninety seven point seven and one hundred point one. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio ninety seven point seven and one hundred point one. Here's Rain and Scoop. It's the Burdick Ford Burdick Toyota basketball pregame. Saturday, join Seth Everett and Lawrence Moten for a special pregame show live from Trappers. Show from 5 to 6. Come out and enjoy some great food and watch SU basketball or football on the big screens. I do think before we get into this baseball conversation, I did get a kick out of the story about Jim Beheim and how he had put in his, uh, sent in his $100 deposit to Colgate. And was thinking he might be going to play there. Uh, that, that was kind of a fun flashback. Yeah, it was. I mean, he even talked about it in his book, Bleeding Orange, which I have and I have read his autobiography. Yeah, it was. Well, Colgate is about an hour and a half away. I ended up sending my $100 deposit because I figured that was the best opportunity to play at a solid program. And it's funny because if you follow SU basketball, Troy Nunes is an absolute magician. Maybe that blog. Uh, they kind of broke it down, and they took you to this parallel universe of what would have happened. Imagine he's now in his 44th year, for example, for the Raiders. Three championships, seven Final Fours, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. I mean, it's kind of interesting to maybe hypothetically plot out that, that arc, that story arc that, that could have been. They would have beaten their rivals like 40 years in a row called the Syracuse Wolves. and I mean, it was just... Hilarious. Coach Greg Robinson was the head coach of Colgate football. Imagine that. It's kind of funny. I don't even want to imagine that. I don't think I can imagine that. Colgate might like to imagine that. Major League Baseball, let's talk about it, though. Uh, let me just start with with this, if I could. The Houston Astros sign-stealing is one of the big stories, I suppose, still out there as much as the fact that they named the Cy Young Awards in both leagues. But, Scoop, here's the thing. Uh, Jeopardy even had a question last night. Jeopardy had a sign-stealing question last night. Alex Trebek, right here. This sneaky, alliterative baseball action has been done using a telescope, 1951, and an Apple Watch in 2017. Stephen. Oh, what is stealing signs? Yes. Clearly, because they would have included the news that had just broken if that hadn't been written. All I mean, that's just amazing. The timing of that was yeah. exquisite. You know, I, I find this whole conversation interesting because they talk about how Cora and Beltran uh, 
part of that Astros uh, World Championship team, and uh, Beltran is the old school sign stealer. You know, you use your eyes. You figure it out that way. You don't use the technology. And I think that's okay when you do it that way. But when you set up a camera in center field and you're beaming the shot into the dugout, that's not okay. And the commissioner's got to do something about that. He's got to say, no, don't do that. And there's got to be some penalties. There's, there's got to be, uh, some, some big fines come down for that. I like how there's only two people being majority blamed for that too. It's like these two guys are going rogue and doing this. No, no, no. It was the whole team. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it's not just the Astros. I think there are other teams that are doing this and they've got to rein it in. They've got to discourage that behavior. Are they, I mean, it was constructed from the top down. So they, are they going to impeach the Astros? I just wonder. It's just a possibility. Is that something that's going to happen? What do you do? Find them. Yeah. If your spidey senses have, and you, if because of your spidey senses, you have the ability to figure out the pitch sequence, use it like you said. Otherwise, Uh -uh. they've got to do away with it. It's one thing if a guy does something with his glove before he throws a certain pitch. If If you do that with your eyes and you figure that out with your eyes and ears, your natural senses, okay, you're just astute and you're watching what's going on around you very closely and good for you. But when you're trying to steal signs with a camera in center field, and it's, I still think it's funny that with all that technology, it winds up with them banging on a trash can to signal the guy at the plate that a, a breaking ball is coming. Caveman that style. was going to be my point. Do With all of this going on, are garbage cans going to be taken out of the Astros' dugout? What are they going to do? Yeah, I, I mean... No Gatorade bins anymore, nothing to bang on. No whistling. Whistling is now banned. Can you imagine that? You can't ban in the stands, though. No. Keith Law, guys... Have you heard of him, Keith Law? You can find. Yeah, I've you, read him before. You can follow him at Keith Law on Twitter. He's a very active Twitter account. Baseball guy. If you're a big baseball geek, baseball fan, you've probably heard of him before. Uh, so amongst other things that he has done, he actually did, in light of the Houston Astros cheating scandal, he came up with a Spotify playlist specifically for, and it is called, The Astros Are In Town. So if the Astros are in town, because obviously they were doing this at their home games, so when they're on the road... He wants every major league team to play this playlist throughout the course of the game. One thing I would like to give you an omission that I don't see on this that he needs to add in, and that would be She Bangs by Ricky Martin. Because wasn't that a song, She Bangs? Yeah. She bang? yeah. Okay. Uh, Bangarang, too. Bangarang is not in there by Skrillex. I don't know if he's up on the EDM or the... Still, though, that would be some great in-stadium trolling. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and teams do this. Yes, they do. Let me give so you, why not play these songs and troll the Astros when they're in your park? Let me share with you just a few of these, if I could. I'm not going to play. I'll play the songs. I'll just kind of go through it for you, and you can read and react. Bang Bang by Jesse J, Ariana Grande, and Nicki Minaj. Bang Bang by Danger Danger. Bang Bang by Green Day. Bang Bang by the Abbott Brothers. Bang Bang by Dr. Dre and some others. Bang, Bang, Bang by Mark Ronson. Bang and Blame by R.E.M. Bang, Bang. And then in apostrophes, My Baby Shot Me Down by Nancy Sinatra. Bang Your Head, Mental Health by Quiet Riot. 
bang a gong, get it on, by T-Rex. She bangs the drums by the Stone Roses. Bang, bang, you're dead by a band called Dirty Pretty Things. Never heard of them. Big Bang Baby from Stone Temple Pilots. Like that one. Banging on a trash can by Doug and the Beats. That's an actual song. And we could go on from there. I'm sure Bang there the are... drum all day. Todd Rundgren. Yeah, there's, there's a, a band from back in the day, 80s, 90s, Bang Tango. You play some Bang Tango for all the metalheads, the 80s metalheads. Oh, I do. I, I do. 90s metalheads. Recall them. That's. I mean, yeah, that's fantastic. Somebody has actually got to put this in motion and do this. There's got to be a team that will do this. I don't think the Yankees would do it. Who's the Astros' biggest rival? Would you say? Well, I mean, there is kind of a rivalry with the Yankees based on the last few seasons, but I mean, you got to figure the Red Sox are in there because they beat them within the division. I don't know, it's Texas Rangers, maybe. I mean, it doesn't matter. Everybody should do it. Everybody should do it because it's every. All these teams that visit that stadium have to think back to 2017. They were cheating the whole time. They were taking an unfair competitive only, advantage. Only when they're up to bat. Well, yeah. Only when they're up to bat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, have a different one be the walk-up song for each player in the lineup. There's more than nine of them to choose from. I mean, you could almost go with the greatest hits and have a couple on the back burner for if there's a pinch hitter or they make a change throughout the game. I mean, I just think that's something that they should go with. Commissioner has to speak with the folks in the front office of the Astros and say, naughty, naughty. Shouldn't be doing this. And there needs to be an investigation about the other teams that are doing this. You can't use electronics or technology to do this. You should not be able to use that as an advantage. Scoop, would the Cleveland Indians ever do something like this? Yes. Would the Yankees do something like this? Yes. Of course not. I told you yesterday, you saw the tweet of complete and utter shock by Aaron Judge. Wait, what? That's what he said. If, if If you let it happen and it works, other teams will do it. They'll pick it up and they'll do it. If you let it, what does everybody do? It's copycat. And everybody else will be trying this. I mean, it's, it's already, this has started, there's this conversation with Hinch and Cora and Beltran. You know, they've all discussed doing this. They all have their ways of doing this. And A.J. Hinch just happened to use a camera. Of course they're going to copycat. Super Bullpen started in 2015 with the Kansas City Royals. It worked for them. So, I mean, the Yankees, yes, they'll do something like that. That's what their model's been the past few seasons. There's even memes out there now. The Houston Astros are now being called the Houston Asterix, and there is a logo that I'll show you. Uh, we'll be up on Twitch at some point, Twitch TV slash Q Sports Talk. When that happens, I could turn and show you in the camera what I'm talking about, but everybody's got the Google, right? Also, let's wrap up our baseball segment, guys. Cy Young Awards, let's not bury the lead. Justin Verlander. Won it in the American League, Jacob deGrom. I think we mentioned him a couple days ago where he's probably yep. going to win it again. Yep. He did win it again. He is absolutely one of the best pitchers of his generation. It's obviously a player of the Mets. Just it's so glad that they have him. He's a cornerstone of that franchise with all of the other issues the Mets have. But Verlander, yeah, I guess it wasn't. He got the Cy Young on a personal note, lost the World Series, but then he's got Kate Upton, so two out of three ain't bad for that guy. People on Twitter were hoping that Verlander wouldn't win yeah, so they could see Kate Upton go on one of her legendary Twitter rants. But you, I get it, though. I mean, she should not, probably, but I also understand that. It's got to be great to be like, yeah, my woman's got her man's back. Like, they're ride or die together. you, you got to appreciate that. She loves him, you know? 
Well, it was a, you know, a tough battle there with Verlander and Cole. I mean, they had, you know, strong stats. But both of them, Cole had more strikeouts, 326, lower ERA, 2.50. But Verlander threw 10 and two-thirds more innings, won more games. They are the first set of teammates to finish 1-2 in American League voting. 21 wins, 300 strikeouts, 2.58 ERA. It's apples. I mean, it's... It's Cy Young worthy. I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah, you could have gone. There's always an argument that was top few guys who you could have, should have, would have gone with. I mean, DeGrom, I think he had 11 wins when he won it in his first season. He didn't lead the league in wins, but he was clearly the best pitcher. They just could not score runs for him. That's not his fault at all. He deserved it. He's a great pitcher. Man, trade him to the Yankees. Yankees get everybody that's good. Are you sure? Yes, they do. Everybody that's good. Uh, are you guys going to be trading Giancarlo anytime soon? I wish they would, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and, yes, I am biased slightly. Just a little bit. Just the Yankees have Garrett Cole. They win the World Series. I totally agree with you. I totally agree. They've got some good young pitching in the minor leagues that's on the precipice of the call-up and sticking. Going back to the Astros memes, there's a uh, supposed uh, camera person working for the Astros. Do you know who it was? Oh, no. Bill Bilicek. Bill Belichick. Bill. Yeah, you see, I, I sent that to you earlier today. Yeah. How did I miss that? He's their cameraman now yeah. in the offseason. Yeah. It's in your Facebook messages. Oh, that's fantastic. Let's take our break. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. We're going to talk about the NBA. Something very funny happened between a father and a son on the court. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Lane and Scoop. So wait a minute, Scoop. Did you did you talk about the fact that the veterans can get through for free tonight at Lights on the Lake? I mentioned that yesterday, I believe. But yeah, that's kind of cool. They get through today. You can go through today. You can drive through today. If you're a current or former veteran military member, if you served your country, you can go through for free tonight. I think that's fantastic. By the Dog Lake Park, Liverpool. Yep, it's lit up like a Christmas tree. I mean, that just works. Today is the first day where I'm really feeling Christmas. Yesterday, I, I didn't feel it at all. Now I'm I'm actually feeling it today. Feeling it. So is James Harden. Is it because you're cold? Uh, that's part of it. Well, we had some snow, and yeah, I don't know. I I think I, it took me a while to get used to the snow. Wait, are we talking about two different types of things here? I was talking about on the basketball court, he scored 47, but you got to keep your hands warm, too, and I understand that. James James Harden's got a hot hand, that's for sure. Yeah, 47-7 and seven against the Clippers. Third player NBA history with at least 70 career 40.5 assist games. Michael Jordan had 96, so Oscar Robertson had 75 of them. But to me, two things stood out in that game. First of all, Russell Westbrook said, Pat Bev, trick y'all, man. Like, he playing defense. He doesn't guard anybody. He's just running around doing nothing. And he made sure to note that James Harden scored 47 tonight. Yeah. Patrick Beverly is tricking everybody. He's known to be an outstanding defender. Patrick Beverly is one of the greatest ex- uh, exterior defenders in the league. Without question. And then, of course, the other thing that stood out to me was Austin Rivers laughing a little bit at his dad. Yeah, this is an awesome moment. This is just great stuff. This is the NBA at its best. Most entertaining. 
So basically, Austin Rivers, who is now on Houston, and Doc Rivers is formerly the coach of, amongst others, the Boston Celtics, now currently the coach of the Los Angeles Clippers. Well, they're playing against each other last night, obviously, and Austin can see that Doc is getting a bit animated. And if you've watched NBA and you've seen Doc Rivers on the sidelines, those arms get going and his face kind of gets... Also, Austin has formerly played for the Clippers with... Doc Rivers. Correct. And so, but Sutton realizes father is on the verge of blowing a gasket. So Austin Rivers, when this all happened, is kind of walking over into the scrum with coach and the referees. And he's like, he's giving him the T sign. Give He's not calling a timeout. He's like, call the technical. See, if you were watching on Twitch right now, you could see Sportzilla there, Rain, doing the T sign. The T sign for the I, technical. I wish I would have known we were talking about this because I could have grabbed the Adam Sandlers. That's a technical foul. That's a technical foul. Well, let me give you the breakdown of how it happened during the game itself. This is, here you go. Doc Rivers is at midcourt right now. Look at Austin, Austin Rivers. Rivers. Look at his son. <laughs> no, that's the best. Look at his son saying, call him for a T. T up, my dad. He's on the other team, and there it is. He got the T. <laughs> That might be SVP's best thing that he's seen all night. Doc's son begging for his dad to get a technical. Austin just looked at us. He's like, get him out of here. Get him out. And he bought him dinner last night. So Doc got ejected. Austin's like, call me, Dad. Call me. Austin, in a post-game interview, went on to say, he's like, yeah, well, now I don't know if we're going out to dinner again anytime <laughs> soon. But he loves me. He's, he'll forget about it. He'll let it go. But it was just in the moment I could just... I could just sense it coming, he goes. I could just sense it coming. I mean, that's hilarious. Could you imagine Buddy doing that to Jim Or Jimmy. That's the first place I went in my head when I saw this, was like, can you imagine Jimmy Beheim doing this to his dad, you know? Oh, man, when they're playing Cornell. Like coming up and doing the the tea thing, you know? I think, you know, there'd be an entirely, I don't think it would be necessarily chuckled off. Would that be a fun Christmas dinner? But but all's fair in in love and war, so to speak. And basketball. Would Julie kind of come? You know how to get under your father's skin. I mean, you, hey, listen, you're not playing for Syracuse. You're playing against Syracuse, and that might be your father, but you want to win that game. And if you can figure out a way to set him off a little bit, a couple free throws, a couple extra points just helps the cause in trying to get a win. Coach should tear off his suit coat and throw it at Jimmy. The suit did come off last night, by the way. Guys. Yes, it did. The suit or the coat did come off last night. I love when the coat comes off because that's when it's, you know what, just got real. How much do you think his blood pressure goes to a game? I don't know. Do you think it just peaks and valleys, or do you think it stays at a pretty constant level? I I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a different kind of stress, though, right? Yeah. I think. I don't know. My, I know my blood pressure goes through the roof. I get stressed out watching the games all the time. I can't imagine being the person that's coaching him. He's thinking, though. You know, he's so immersed in it. I don't know that he even has any sense of that. The, the brain is working so fast. What to do next? Thinking steps ahead. You know, I, I wonder if he even feels any hypertension like that. He's just, he's so probably so in the moment, so intense. He's just doing it. I would love to see like a Fitbit put on him and just see what the reading would do the whole game. There's times you know it's the anger is well, especially real. Especially when that coat comes off. Uh, the anger is real. And he he wasn't happy. But then again, 
we talked to him on Tuesday, and he said we we, were, we had asked a question at some point, a follow up about Virginia because it was a historically that's in the past. It was in the past. Done with it. One game, first game, and he even acknowledged when we said, "Hey, is it just it's guys like us in the media that ask these questions that probably overhype some of this stuff, and we need to learn to let it go and just move on." Because nobody's going to care about that loss to Virginia if they're in the Final Four. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And get another chance at them. Yeah. we got to talk about the crunch, though, real quick. We can probably do that in our next segment. But I did want to point out as we wrap this up that A Day to Remember, this band, A Day to Remember, was in town the other day. Tuesday night. And the the crunch threw some jerseys their way. And it was kind of nice to see some of the some of the people behind the scenes with the crunch hanging out with them, taking pictures. And a day to remember. This is a band, if you're not familiar with them, that has sold a lot of albums and they tour and got a lot of fans. It's a relatively big band in the rock genre. But it was nice to see them repping the Syracuse Crunch. They wore a jersey on stage. It was out on their social media and things like that. So Syracuse Crunch getting a little bit of love out there. Playing a game in the Crunch Barn, so they get uh, some jerseys. That's kind of cool. They lost, though, last night. Yeah, 4-3 to to Rochester. They rallied back from... A uh, two-point deficit, two-goal deficit, but it was not to be, ultimately, a, a 4-3 loss. 4-3 loss, unfortunately. They've got the Utica Comets on Friday. That's the third of 12, I believe, if the numbers are right yep. in my head, for the Galaxy Cup, which is... That's a lot. So, well, Galaxy, this company, of course, on this station, broadcasts the Crunch Games out in Utica. We broadcast the Comets games, and our company has... The Galaxy Cup. So whoever wins the season series between the two teams gets the Galaxy Cup. They've both got it a number of times now. As I think this is the seventh season the Comets are in existence. So it's been six years of these throwaway throwdowns. It's a fun rivalry. The fans get way into it from both sides of it, and there's, it gets nasty and snarky on social media. I mean, it's hockey. You got social media. Get a couple beers in you, and they're yelling back and forth at each other. Whether they're in the Onondaga War Memorial, or the Adirondack Bank Center down there, it's it's fun. It's and a lot of fun. Both fan bases like to travel. They sure do. Both fan bases travel very well and support their teams. Both teams, by the way, did a fantastic job in honoring the veterans this past Monday. I forgot to give props to both of them. Monday and then you know, Friday uh, here in Syracuse. Yeah, depending on when your home games fell within Veterans Day weekend, I guess we could call it that. It was nice to see. We're going to talk NFL. Let's take our break. Uh, we'll do that next. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. It's the Verdict Toyota Football Post Game Show. Join Seth Everett for a recap of SU versus Duke and hear Dino Baber's post game press conference, and you can call in with your take on the SU Duke game. So your Browns have won what three games, Scoop? That's it. And they got the Steelers tonight. But there is no game on the schedule more important than this one twice a year. Now, the Browns are facing a Steeler team that's suddenly, you know, four wins in a row. But okay, those are wins over the Chargers, Dolphins, Colts, Rams. Defense has played well for the Steelers. Brown's got to play better all the way around the ball. But this is an important game. It's a home game. They got their first home win. They have to make First Energy Stadium a living hell 
for the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight. Do you think they, they're taking any momentum off of beating the Bills? They've got to have a good vibe in that locker room as opposed to hearing, well, we've got to fire Freddie Kitchens. We've done this wrong. We've sucked for this reason. Suddenly there's something positive to build off of. Because don't forget, a few weeks ago, the Bills were, quote-unquote, a damn good football team, and then they've Bills since then. They squeaked out a win. The Browns did. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. Tonight is, this is the Super Bowl for Browns fans. I think for both teams, to be honest. Pittsburgh has won seven out of the last eight of these games. The one game was a tie last year with Josh Gordon, if you remember it. I do. Uh, first game of the season. So, Browns got some payback coming, alright? And that's what this is about for the fans. If they could just give the fans something to cheer about tonight, the fans are going to be all in on this game, and it's going to be mayhem. It's going to be pandemonium. If they can get some points on the board and make some big plays, sack uh, Mason Rudolph, who, by the way, Baker Mayfield and Mason, Mason Rudolph, that whole Oklahoma-Oklahoma State thing, actually are buddies, and they have gone on spring break together. Kareem Hunt has been added, by the way, formerly of the Chiefs, coming back from that eight-game suspension. Baker Mayfield... Second half star last year of note. Odell, Jarvis, Nick Chubb. Pieces are in place. I would I would love to see some uh, kill the clock with a nice run game, some long drives. I mean, we know they can hit Jarvis Landry for the big play. We know they can hit Odell for the big play. But, man, with Kareem and, and, and Chubb, I would like to kill some clock and keep the Steelers' offense off the field. So in some somewhat related Browns news, Ian Rappaport's reporting that Browns head former Browns head coach Hugh Jackson will leave the drills during Colin Kaepernick's workout on Saturday. And former Bills or former Dolphins quarter uh quarterback coach uh Joe Philbin will also be in attendance. Eleven teams have already committed to attend. With two days remaining until the workout, the league expects additional teams to commit. To said workout. But then I also just read a report that said they're not necessarily sharing all of the teams that will be represented with Kaepernick and I, I guess his team. And, and they're not going to basically let him know who's there. So he's not necessarily going to know. You'll see him, but he doesn't know who they're representing necessarily. Well, that and there will be no media coverage at all allowed. Well, why? It's the NFL's way of sabotaging this. They are. Because if if you can see some video of him still being able to move around and throw the football, then there's going to be a well, public outcry. Well, I mean, um, teams will get film of this, but as far as your ESPN or your, or your NFL network, you will not be allowed on campus. That's exa- But that's exactly what I'm saying, because I, I want to see this. Plus, too, though, by not showing it, they can tell us that people are there from different teams, but maybe they aren't really there. That's the. I would like a little more transparency from this billion-dollar corporation that, that has benefited from all sorts of corporate welfare from these stadiums that are built with our tax dollars all across the country. And us buying the tickets and everything else that we do to support this league because we do love football so much. It just doesn't make any sense. It's the NFL's way of sabotaging. Are you scared Are you scared of Pittsburgh's offense in 10 seconds? Not really. Okay. I'm more scared of their defense because okay. the Browns turn the ball over. Baker's got to protect the ball to win this game tonight. All right, a little Thursday night football tonight. We'll check back in tomorrow with that. The Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. You're on the block with Brent X next.